welcome to another episode of the Decades Best Podcast. I haven't done one of these in a little while. It's been busy juggling both feeds, but as I'm a teacher and I have some time this summer, I'm hoping to put some more of these out again. Hooray! To make up for all of the lost time, Ben and I are actually going to be discussing three movies this week. And that is because we're going to discuss the candidacy of Edgar Wright's three films released this past decade. The first one that was released was 2011, or 2010, sorry. Scott Pilgrim, right? Yeah. Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, the adaptation of the Brian Lee O'Malley novel, or series, I should say. Then it was 2013's The World's End which was him and Simon Pegg and Nick Frost's third collaboration and the third film in their Cornetto trilogy uh, outside Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz and uh, takes a similar tonal path. And then lastly is 2017's Baby Driver, which is Edgar Wright, I guess, I would say it's his most original film of his five films. In that it's not based on anything or riffing on, uh, I guess, I don't know. Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and The World's End are all riffing on genre and making genre films with a lot of comedy injected into them. Where I would say Baby Driver's his most straight attempt at just making a genre picture. Well, this was his passion project, right? Like he was... He'd yeah, he had thought this, about it like, for yeah, years. Like two decades, I think, something like that. Or Yeah, just trying to establish the difference between those movies. Because I think that's something that was hard for me a bit at first. Three of his four films before Baby Driver were all of a piece and all felt stylistically similar. And I think that's something I was always having trouble tackling with Baby Driver as I kind of have gone up and down on its level of greatness over the last few years as i've watched it a few times but you've never like disliked it right like you've always no, been fairly no. high on it no agreed i've always been but i think me coming to terms with it's him doing something different really never settled in till this moot viewing of it uh this most recent viewing for this podcast but we'll get to Baby Driver, and we're going to talk about all three of these films kind of concurrently. But just to get started, I'm going to ask Ben to tell me which one of those three is his favorite, and then tell me why. For me, it's, it has to be Scott Pilgrim. Two out of these three movies I've given five stars, but Scott Pilgrim is... That's probably my top five movies ever. I, I, there's just something about it that it just feels like the this. The... Had you read the graphic novels before you? I had not. I still okay. haven't. Um, oh, you you should. I I saw they were like on Amazon. You get the whole thing for like thirty bucks. I might I might do that. I there's just something about this movie that it's it's weird. It's, it, to to me, almost the only thing I can really kind of relate it to is Borderlands Two because these are it's these things that came out, and they feel like they were catered to me exactly. Like, it's exactly what I wanted in a video game or in a movie. It's just, it's the the action, the characters, the, the writing is just all just right in my, like, right up my alley. So I think that's what puts 
puts it above the uh, like and puts Pilgrim above the others. And I mean, I also you know I'm a big fan of like that retro video game you know aesthetic and that style. Uh, this is the movie that really made me appreciate Edgar Wright. Like I had seen Shaun of the Dead before, I had seen Hot Fuzz before. But this is the one where I was just like, holy shit, this movie is incredible. And I mean, I think I think part of it is, I, you know, I've always liked Michael Sarah ever since, you know, Rest of Development. So seeing him was great. This is the movie that made me like Mary, Mary Elizabeth Winstead quite a lot, too. I think she's a great actress. Grant, granted, this is far from her best that I've seen, but I, I she's great in this. And it's, it's hard to explain, but just there's so much in this movie that just feels so right and so spot on. Yeah, I, I think I've always had an... I've always been a big fan of the movie and what it's done. And as I am of right in general, like I'm giving every single movie rights made an A at least like an A minus at least. And, but I did have some issues with the film as an adaptation. When I first saw it, when this came out, the, the, the sixth and final volume came out at like the exact same time as and the ending is the movie different, right? Quite a bit different. I mean, yes. The ultimate resolution of, I think, is the same. I don't know. It's all weird because they, when they originally shot the movie, Scott and Ramona don't end up together. And then they reshot it so that they do end up together. And I think that's part of the movie that holds it back for me just a smidge. Is as much as I love Knives Chow and how in, in her, she's funny and hilarious and... They do a great job with her. I think her being involved with the end never feels quite right. Even if I like the moment where... She says, go get her. Give, no, I mean like the whole ending fight. scene, Like the whole seven. Okay, where she teams battle. up. Where she teams up to fight, yeah. Um. Fight, yeah, the fact that it's her and Scott fighting Gideon at the end doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it should be him and Ramona fighting. Or just him. Yes. Like, yeah, I... And, and, I kind of get that, but I but I also think it's like that's the moment where she realizes that he's never going to return her affections. So she's still going to be his friend, and she's going to fight to help him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it. I think it's a bit sudden, but it's you know, it's just, it, to me, it still works. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I mean, I guess that's when I was just I was when I was rewatched. I was looking trying to remember all the different endings and roundabouts and what Brian Lee O'Malley had versus. What he told him he was going to do, and then maybe he maybe changed it after seeing the movie, and uh, there's, all, there's all these different variations on it. I think the video game even ends up with, like, him be- with both of them or something weirdly. I don't know. Wait, the uh, video the, game? The, the video game had its own ending as well. Um, oh, like the, the beat-em-up. Yeah. Uh, which you can't get anywhere now, which no, is a big which bummer. Which is really like, stupid. I would have played it this weekend if I yeah same i mean it's on my playstation 3 that's sitting in a box somewhere right now so (laughs) i think that was the always the kind of weak link for me with this movie and especially since the first three evil x's are like pretty faithful adaptations of the first three books which were the only three books that were completed before they went into production on the movie so i've always had this weird thing with the movie but i think uh, as time's gone on i've seen it i've appreciated what they did with the fourth fifth and sixth x's i think the roxy richter fight is really good i i wish we got more time with that character as well because like i said there's 
interesting stuff going on in the comic books around all that. But I shouldn't be holding that against the movie either. And the, what Wright and his co-writers come up with here does work. And the scene where they face off against the Katsunagi twins is my favorite scene in the whole movie. I it I think it's an incredible set, you know, filmmaking, editing. The the song is the best song in the movie. That was what, Threshold? Yes. Yeah. It's, it's just one of my favorite scenes in a movie, period, I think, let alone this one movie. And I still have a real soft spot for this movie, even if I have a little nitpick here and there as the with how the knives chow stuff plays out because i mean chris evans is like comes in throws 125 miles an hour and then gets out (laughs) and he's so good in it though like just oh i love mcculkin's mcculkin's like like man crush on Uh him is just great too i want to what's the line i want to have his adopted babies (laughs) kieran culkin is the he i think he's the mvp of this movie he his stuff continues to be hilarious just because his delivery is excellent perfect yeah just so perfect but i think is that girl a boy that's my favorite line of his i think and then i love that Mine banter is, uh, between kick her in the balls yeah between crash and the boys <laughs> and uh, wallace's little back and forth during that whole sequence is uh, another great you know Another great piece of the movie is everything that takes place around the first X at their performance at the rocket. And actually, I would love to see someone's reaction to this movie, watching it for like Like for the first time with like zero context for it either. Because like, yes, there's little flourishes of comic book and video games and stuff. But when Patel does come through the ceiling, you have that reaction that Anna Kendrick has a few minutes later, like, what? 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 What is happening right now? <laughs> but the movie really gets you on board with it. Yeah, I mean, there's just so many great. And scenes. it doesn't. It doesn't like adjust you into it. It just kind of throws you. Mm-hmm. It's just like here you go. Here it is. Go for it. And it never stops either. I just. Yeah. A, a couple other things, like adaptation wise, like Kim really gets shortchanged in this compared to what happens with her in the. Kim was the ex girlfriend with the the red hair, right? The the drummer. Yeah, yeah yeah and so does envy envy gets a lot more to do in the comic books as well i think that the the comics actually do a really great job of fleshing out the female characters and selling the fact that scott pilgrim is just kind of an asshole like he's charming and he's funny you said but and, he's self-loathing and that's and he's not the worst person in the world but he's also like he shouldn't be with anybody right now you know like yeah. I think the books tackle that theme a little bit better than the movie does. The movie does tackle it at the end, but then even though it's an amazing joke with how quickly he becomes friends with his Nega version, it also feels too easy that, you know, like he's conquered his inner demons with just this two attempts at I guess he does die in the middle of all this, but it having to be a two hour movie versus the six book arc does hurt it a little bit but again i'm not going to hold that against the movie again for all the standout visual flourishes and jokes and music of it it is great i do think it'll end up on there third place one i have and let's talk about that one
least favorite of his three this decade is Baby Driver. But I was really... When I oscillated away from in my love of Baby Driver, being the first Edgar Wright movie that I liked less probably the second time I saw it, it was all centered around my hang-up with Baby and Deborah's relationship, and I just didn't buy into it, and it seemed way too fast. And it also sent me on like a spiral of how Wright has never really written well for a female character in any of his movies. So that was kind of sitting... Kinda, at the back of your mind yeah it was it was kind of i was feeling a little negative about right in general because of that and to his credit i think he's heard the outcry his next movie which he's shooting right now does have a co-writer a female co-writer with him so and that's like a horror movie right? i think it's supposed to be kind of a like psych it's they call it psychological horror is what letterbox has it listed as i'm sure it'll still have his charm in the movie but yeah so my when i went back on baby driver that was the big reason why i think a lot of me being hung up on all these things and but rewatching it this weekend once the third the final heist gets going like once the pieces are put into place once he shows up and you meet You figure out that he's going to be with Buddy and Bats and... What is the girl's name? Baby. No, not Baby. (laughs) But it's Isaac Darling. Darling? I think she's Darling. Oh. Yeah, that sounds right. Once you figure out that's the crew that he's going to be working with, the movie just gets... It really tightens the screws and it gets tense. And then, you know, John Hamm turns into a Terminator. Well, yeah, but that's it's great at the end. I, I love the bait yeah. and switch of Bats being the one you're worried about. And re-watching the movie, they do such a great job of, like, just letting John Hamm how... slowly give yeah. you the inklings of what he's capable of. Even though I, Darling has this huge speech at, in the diner talking about how you don't want to see him go red. That is like the most blatant like, uh, foreshadowing. Foreshadowing, yeah. But there is like they give Wright gives so many looks and cuts to Ham, who takes full advantage of those beats to give us little clues and looks into what he's going to be capable of. And th- just that whole sequence, like the actual heist itself, the humor and the scene where Baby cases the post office with um, the nephew character gives it some levity. Wright just really nails it i picked did you pick this as your favorite you did not pick it as your favorite movie yeah, of 2017 because the time of the you, kevin spacey stuff yeah but i i retroactively added it to my best of 2017 uh-huh. i don't know if it would be on i mean it would be near the top mm-hmm. i mean it would probably be number three i'd put it in front of blade runner but behind logan what sucked you into baby driver i think this is for me you know edgar wright has always had his style uh obviously but i think i think he flaunted it even more so here like with scott pilgrim he was just kind of he was adding his spin to that comic book retro gaming style but this is all him it's just i mean he makes he makes someone going to get a cup of coffee fucking in like incredible like super entertaining like that that alone is just the the, a testament to how good this movie is once it really gets going i think the opening scene in baby driver is one of the best openings in any movie i've ever seen 
And like you said, John Hamm is fantastic. Jamie Foxx is so good. Isaac Gonzalez is great. The romance, I know that bugged you. It didn't really... It worked more for me this recent time. It felt... Yeah, it felt fast, but it wasn't like... It never... Like, with how... With how... With the chemistry those two had and the way they played it, it worked for me. Well, he does put a lot of their evolution on the backs of the music and the montage like yeah and i mean i think that's it's the not about it's them like, talking you know, he 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 emotionally takes us along with them through his filmmaking the which i really appreciated more this time around which didn't click with me for whatever reason on previous viewings and i mean it's got this movie has like one of the best soundtracks in any any film i've seen as well like it's just Oh, it's so good. I and I think like it's you know I just the the style the, and I think it's the the way the way it does it uses the soundtrack in like to just weave into the action and everything like, John Hamm when he's shooting that rifle it's like, you know with the 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 beat of the song. Mm-hmm. Same with baby like running across the tables each time his feet his foot hits a table it's like that same beat it just it's it's one of those like i'm pretty sure i could go back and rewatch it a couple more times and there would still be other things i would pick up just little you know things in the background like i didn't notice all of the stuff on that coffee sequence where you know like the lyrics to the song Mm -hmm. like the are just written on like different parts of the wall and poles and that that's amazing like i just oh and that's that's edgar wright you know that's just his filmmaking is so is so stylistic and so classy i just ugh, i love it i love it so much i will see anything he makes forever but you hadn't seen the world's end until this weekend had you that's correct good segue well, we're not I'm, not I'm not ready to segue yet <laughs> okay also just the the strength of his the, the supporting characters outside the couple in the beginning the middle of this it just really can't be stressed how fantastic the performance the performances are great but i think right script gives them so much to chew on as well gonzalez is so good with that smirk on her face all the time jamie fox you really you just cannot get a beat on what you believe he's capable of anything yet you can't kind of stop laughing at everything in in a good way at what he's saying We've discussed Ham. I think John Berthenal is incredible for his that opening scene. The fi- he just comes out firing. And one of the best lines in the movie is the "If you don't see me again, it's because I'm dead." He just yeah. doesn't show up again. <laughs> Both of the flea and I cannot think of the other actor in the the middle heist. Oh, with the Michael Myers. Yeah, they're both they're both <laughs> super memorable as well. And I, okay, I mean we're not going to get into the whole Kevin Spacey debate, but Kevin Spacey's really fucking good in this movie too. He, yeah. I mean, he's a great actor. Yeah. I mean, like, he, um, there's no, he gets the rhythm of the dialogue and is, I guess actually the weakest part of the movie. And let's see if you agree with me is how they didn't do a good enough job on us buying that. He would want to help out baby and Deborah. I'd agree with that. I think, I mean, I, I buy it for the most part, it de- but it definitely feels like it kind of, it comes out of left field. It, yeah, it, it's I'm I'm fine with rolling with it the same mm. you know the same way with oh like, yeah I'm not gonna Deborah get upset about it but but yeah. it, but it was like it was kind of like he has that one line it's like I was in love once it's like oh okay well I see where this is going I guess yeah did not expect him to die like immediately after but he gets he goes out pretty hard too I couldn't find anything really to uh, outside like I said everything got stronger the only thing that 
didn't reestablish itself as being strong was that one beat in the whole movie. Otherwise, I think Baby Driver is pretty hard to too worked up about in any other way, really. And this is your third favorite of the three. (laughs) (laughs) Again, this would be like pure nitpick, but I think you can feel the film's budget a little bit. And not that it ever looks bad, but... And maybe it's just because it probably has bigger budgets than Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and World's End. But the fact that those movies all had a certain look to them that I I feel like Baby Driver doesn't have a look, even if it's full of style. Does that make sense? It's like I think it has. I think it's it has its own look. I think it's different. It's definitely different than the Cornetto trilogy, which I think is you know I kind of think that's a good thing. The Cornetto trilogy has its own distinct its own distinct style, the way it's shot and the characters, the way they talk. Yeah. But I, I think I'm where I'm saying more coming from is like those three movies and Scott program definitely have like, Oh, I'm looking at a stylistic in person, you know, like there's, there's such a choice made where I think baby driver, the look of the movie is in style. It's more the editing and the flow of the movie is its style. Yeah. I could, I can agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I still think the way the way it's shot is still like yeah no yeah and again it's not a negative it's just I again it's something that's being so used to Wright's aesthetics before yeah. Baby Driver having established it in space and these five movies four movies before it I mean even his fake trailer in Grindhouse has like this distinct style to it which was his don't what don't is the name of it. It's the it just says don't a lot and like awful things happen. Have you you don't remember that one? No, I mean, I the only I mean the only grindhouse I remember is the uh, machete hobo with a shotgun and. Um, so have you not seen this? I might have seen both. No, I think I've seen both of them separately. That might be. All right, here we can pause and watch it real quick. That's dope. But no, I... So this played in between the two, right? If you saw it as one whole big thing, yeah. Yeah, so I saw them separately. That's why. Okay, okay. I, I Like I said, that's where you can tell, like I said, there he, there's a certain aesthetic that that movie has that feels that Baby Driver yeah, is missing visually, yeah. even if it has it cinematically, so... Yeah. Yeah. Well, we want to be free. We want to be free to, to do what we want to do. And we want to get loaded. And we want to have a good time. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to have a good time. That brings us to The World's End, which I'll go real quick, because I'd like to hear your thoughts having not seen it before. I think my stance is The World's End gets better every time I see it more than any of the other movies. 
And I feel like The World's End is the best script that he has been a part of. Simon Pegg also wrote it. Because I just feel like all of his other movies are fun diversions that have... They have interesting ideas in it. And, like, you know, like, Hot Fuzz is about friendship. Shaun of the Dead is about being a shitty boyfriend. But The World's End, like, like you could pull out all of the robotic alien hijinks and it's a really interesting movie about like going back to your old life and addiction and there's like an undercurrent of sadness that runs through this movie that yeah just really it's 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 this best script and i also think the action is also the fights are awesome in this he gets great performances out of all five of the main guys, and everybody who comes in in a brief supporting role is also great. I love the ending and like the the fuck you to the whole argument Gary gets into with the network. Yeah, I this movie just continues to grow on me over time, and I I think it has evolved into my favorite Edgar Wright movie. As having not seen it before a couple days ago or last night. How did The World's End play for you? So, as I said before, I'll watch anything Edgar Wright makes. I tried to watch this a few years back, and it just it didn't catch me. Why do you think that was? I think it felt really awkward just watching, you know, Simon Pegg gather up his friends, and it just felt like, it just felt, you know, to me it felt awkward and not funny. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, that's how most of this movie felt to me. I really was not... I didn't really enjoy this movie. I think the first fight, like in the bathroom, is fantastic. I loved, like you said, the 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 sequence with Peg or Gary and was it the intelligence or something? The network, I believe. The network, yeah. When he's talking to the network, I thought that was you know hysterical. But the rest of the movie, I just I really didn't care for. Well, see, I mean, there's I I think I I commented on the sadness of the movie, but I also think it's still very hilarious at times even if it's I mean, th- it just it didn't it didn't make me laugh. I mean, it just it felt like, wow, you know, Gary's a really shitty guy and then you find out, you know, all the stuff he's been through and you feel bad, but it's also it I mean, it doesn't excuse his behavior. And then in the ending, he just kind of gets what he wants without really maturing or changing in any way. I don't think, I definitely think he grows. He, he definitely grows in the movie, I think. I mean, he's he's clean at the end of the movie, which is a huge step for that's, him. Okay, that's fair. But then he just goes back. I mean, he hasn't moved on from the memories. Like, he just wants to live in the past. Mm-hmm. And that's, but I mean. it's a past that doesn't exist anymore because the future has been completely flipped on its Fucked. head yeah you know yeah. I, I you're not wrong but i mean it's an interesting and it's like i can see someone enjoying this movie i think like like you said it is it's peg's best for performance out of any of the three i think it's his best sure. performance period i mean he's incredible in this movie like if yeah, if, if simon Pegg would have been nominated for an oscar for this movie i wouldn't have batted an eye like he, he... I think his that moment where you see like what when they're arguing about or when they're trying to point out it's like that they're not blanks mm-hmm. and he refuses to show his sleeves that mm-hmm. I was kind of like oh did he did he hurt himself mm-hmm. that is that why and then you see he's got the bandages and the the hospital mm-hmm. bracelet and it's like oh man that's that's rough but it, but I mean it just he I still think he was just kind of a shit bag like even if he's got a lot of baggage and a lot of problems I just yeah but the movie acknowledges that and I think it finds 
it's still fine. I I don't I think I found so much humor in the dynamic of just his obliviousness to how out of touch he is, as well as the way the friends interact with each other as they react against him. I don't know. I um I think some of those like I chuckled, mm-hmm. but I mean the only the only times I really laughed out loud were when he's arguing with the network and when Nick Frost like after they their first encounter with the blanks, he's just like I can't believe you told me your mom was dead. Like he's still hung up on that. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of funny, but the, the rest of the movie, I chuckled a couple of times, but I really didn't. I mean, again, maybe it's just not my kind of humor. It's definitely, it's definitely darker or more downplayed than Shaun of the Dead or Hot Fuzz. Mm-hmm. And I, I can definitely see why people would like this movie. It just, it didn't, it didn't click for me the way Baby Driver or Scott Pilgrim did, or Shaun of the Dead or Hot Fuzz did. Interesting. Like, it's not bad. It just isn't, you know, not my thing. You can say things are bad. It's okay. No, I, I don't think it's a bad movie. I think I didn't enjoy it, but I don't think it's, like, awful. I think it's made very well. I think the acting is great. I think the way it's shot is great. The action in that first sequence is phenomenal. Some of the best in any of his in any of Wright's movies. And I did feel that emotional resonance with Peg and Frost at the at the end in the in the world's end. I think Frost is also fantastic in this movie, and he gets the widest range to play with as being like the straight laced dude who, in the face of the end of the world, just decides to let it all go out. And he plays belligerent drunk so well. And I I did laugh at that when they're all talking about he's the only sober one, and he just takes all of the shots. Yeah. You just like caught up. <laughs> I think you're also short selling the the fight in the bar where Pierce Brosnan's at as well is great, and Gary trying to keep drink, trying to get a fill up his beer and get his drink in for that part of the Golden Mile. Nick Frost has the double. What should I call it? He's got two stools and he's like punching everybody. And I thought it was a brilliant move by Wright too to create the, like the robot, like the decapitation thing. They get to decapitate so many people in this movie and rip limbs off. But they, it's it's fun and not gory. I did like when the woman had like the the feet. She had the two, yeah, and then it was just like get your feet off of her. Um, <laughs> Roseman Pike was good. I liked her. No, a she lot. was good. Um, I wish there's a little bit more yeah. of her, but she was good. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm a little sad that you didn't like the world Sam as much. But maybe it take maybe you yeah. need to watch it three times and then it'll really resonate maybe maybe i'll like it more on repeat viewings like you did i also think you know like i'm someone who's moved away from where i grew up and when i go back it feels different like i can relate to that element as well that's fair and i've lived in the same place since i was like six so yeah and the thing with friendships as well and how the dynamics change around those as you get older that that i can relate to Mm -hmm. for sure (laughs) world's end i think actually has the strongest case for me going forward on what i'm gonna put on this list but i could definitely see a world where all three of these guys make it on there but if baby driver gets left off for me i would not it wouldn't be shocking to me we'll just have to see how it all shakes would it be like near the list like it'd be close i mean it'll definitely get mentioned as something that was in contention yeah i still got some rewatching and stuff to do before i think uh world's end and scott pilgrim have you know scott pilgrim's oscillated a lot in like how i feel about it overall as well and that you know it was pretty high on the year it came out on my list but now i kind of wonder where it's gonna fall on the 
once I've decades best decades best version of it, yeah. which is interesting that I've, which I think is a great thing about Wright's movies and that each time you watch them, you can have quite a different reaction. Like I wasn't even a very big fan of hot fuzz the first time I saw it. And now I adore that movie. Yeah. Completely. Me too. As well. Like I still, yeah, I thought it was like kind of okay-ish the first mm-hmm. time. And now I think it's great. And like Shaun of the dead, I thought was pretty, really good. And now that movie's just a masterpiece. Like, that's the one movie of his that I give five stars to, and I think I gave it four, yeah. four and a half. Like I, I loved it, but it's it's just he he does find depth in all of his movies to some extent. Sometimes you have to dig a little bit harder than others to get it. I think, and I think that's why World's End has slowly and Crept positively up. grown for me. Is just even though it's it's not like shouting you in the face with its themes and ideas. They just really, really, really resonate with me. And, um, yeah. So, um, do you got any last things you want to say about Edgar Wright? And do you think Baby Driver should be in the Decades Best? Would it be in your Decades Best if you had a big old list? of How many movies would you have to list to get Baby Driver on? Probably 20, 30, something like that. That's really high still for you. Well, yeah, it's like I actually I went through all of the stuff on Letterboxd I've recorded and I like I was looking at all my five stars and I really like took some time with those. It's like, does it really get that five stars? And a lot I knocked down to four and a half. Mm -hmm. Baby Driver, that nope, that deserves the five and a half, like for for sure. Okay. Or the the five, not not five and a half. (laughs) Yeah. Five and a half stars. Scott Pilgrim gets five and a half. Okay. Well, that was a good, tight conversation on Edgar Wright's candidacy for the decade's best. And keep coming back to this feed. I hope to be putting these out more regularly after whenever this one comes out as I get caught up on the summer and start putting out some more content as we head towards the second half of this year which is the last of this decade. Until then, I'm Zach Oldenburg. You can find me wherever you can find at Zach Oldenburg. And that's Ben. And where can you find Ben? You can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at the Grigsby Bear. You can find all of us on Facebook, Lauren and John too, at Middle of the Row. Middleofrow.com, Middle Row of the Podcast. If you found this, then you probably know what those are. But uh, thanks for listening. And uh, remember, the best seats are in the middle of the row. We are Sex Bob, and we're here to make you think about death and get sad and stuff. I'm hearing voices in my